What's up, Marvelites, and welcome to a brand new episode of the MCU Exchange Podcast. This is episode 36. I'll be your host for this episode. My name is Aaron. Alongside me is Joe. Hello. And Charles. What's up? Hey, what's up, guys? And uh, it's a crazy week of MCUs. But before that, uh, just go. Just want to give a shout out to our listeners over at Spotify, YouTube, Anchor, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and Breaker. What's up, fellas? Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. And now uh, let's now move on to, uh, to the rundown of the MCU news for this week. First up, we have a big one, really, really big one <laughs> for Spider-Man <laughs> Three. According to a new report from the Hollywood Reporter, Benedict Cumberbatch has reportedly joined the cast. Of Spider-Man 3 to reprise his role as Doctor Strange. The report notes that Stephen Strange will be playing a mentor role to Peter Parker in the film, similar to Tony Stark and Nick Fury's roles in Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man Far From Home, respectively. And also, in a separate report from Deadline, they mentioned that Marvel Studios is reportedly planning for Cumberbatch to shoot for Spider-Man 3 first, and then move on to production for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And Variety also shared that Spider-Man 3 is now set to begin filming next month. Guys, Doctor Strange joining Tom Holland's Spider-Man for, his, for the prequel. You know, this isn't a surprise because, you know, based on the earlier deal between Sony and Marvel Studios, uh, they agreed that at least one MCU character will show up in the in a Spider-Man film, right? So... Charles, what do you mm-hmm. think about this addition? You know, multiverse, uh, I don't know, maybe a mentor, like a Thor Ragnarok type of cameo. What do you think? Uh, I think at this point, it's, it's pretty clear that some, some multiverse madness is going gonna, is gonna to happen in this movie. I mean, we, we sort of got a, at least an idea of what was going to happen when they said Jamie Foxx was going to come back. Um, I was sort of deep down, in a way, I was sort of expecting... I'm sort of hoping that this movie won't be that much of a like a multiversal story, but mm-hmm. I think Benedict Cumberbatch joining the cast sort of confirms that yeah, it's gonna be, it's probably gonna be a key role. Last we heard that he was gonna, he was also gonna appear in WandaVision in addition to the Doctor Strange sequel. So I think it looks like Benedict Cumberbatch is gonna be like I guess, I think it's gonna be like the Nick Fury of Phase Four, where he's gonna pop up, pop in and out of each film. Yeah, maybe help out for a while. Um, as for how 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 big his role is gonna be, is it gonna be like a Thor Ragnarok thing? Mm, I think it's gonna be maybe as big as Tony Stark in um, or as big as Nick Fury in the Spider-Man movie. It's not gonna be a super super huge. I think it's gonna he's probably gonna appear in the first and last act, but he's not gonna steal the show from mm. Tom Holland because. I, I think it's important to still focus on on Tom Holland and Peter Parker as a character, and especially now, especially now that you know, Far From Home ends in such a big way that's not that really doesn't have anything to do with the multiverse. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know what exactly they're doing. Are they gonna do like a secret identity thing where the Sinister Six is after him while the multiverse stuff is happening? So that's super confusing. Uh, in in a way, I could see this. Like I could see, I could see this movie happening in a way that there's not gonna be multiverse stuff. Maybe Peter Parker visits Doctor Strange and maybe asks him to, hey, maybe is there any way you can undo my identity getting leaked? Because that actually happens in the comics when, 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 when uh, Peter Parker sells his marriage to Mary, 
with Mary Jane to Mephisto in order to undo his Civil War unmasking. And he goes to Doctor Strange and asks if there's a way he could maybe undo it. And Doctor Strange says, sorry, bro. A deal's a deal with Mephisto so he can't take it back. I wonder if, if, if that's going to happen instead of a multiverse thing. But, I mean, just a hunch, I think it's going to be a multiverse. Joe, yeah. how about you? My, my question for you is, you know, there have been, I've been browsing Twitter. You know, and Twitter is a crazy place right now <laughs> after that news. <laughs> because they, there's, there, there's so much debate about, about this. Do you think that having another mentor figure to Peter Parker here in this third film would depreciate or diminish the character in some form? Do you think about that, or or no? It's it's gonna be help him to move forward. I I mean, I think a mentor character for Spider-Man is not a bad concept. Um, the thing is with Spider-Man is like, in in one as you pointed out, it's it's a such a contractual thing that it's it's ironic that a lot of people, especially Spider-Man fans, kind of blame the M- Marvel Studios for this, even though this was like what Sony wanted. Uh, I, I do think that the interesting aspect of mentor roles in this franchise, Tony Stark built upon his introduction into the superhero world, like the bigger superhero world. He was already active as Spider-Man for some time. We just never saw it. We never witnessed that time. So he was pretty much introduced to a bigger world of superheroes. Nick Fury pretty much just, or, you know, fake Nick Fury, let's say, um, he pretty much did, he had a mentor role, but it was more of a, a, I think the mentor role more went towards happy. So it's like the, how to live on with grief because he still is a teenager. And I, I think in the comics, because he was so self sufficient that a lot of people forget that this character, this version is much more closer to a real life teenager who's learning about things. And we all have people we can fight in and the advantage. And the crazy thing about Spider-Man, Spider-Man technically is a grounded tech-based hero he's in new york he takes care of villains that use technology sometimes supernatural origin but he at the same time is highly connected to dr strange's more multiverse aspect with the spider-verse concept so this pretty much is like the guidance of him into a completely new aspect of spider-man lore and we don't know what kind of you know mental role will he have will dr strange be more like the hell are you doing? What happened? Or is he going to show up at one point and help at least make sense of it all? It doesn't have to be that, like, like with Tony Stark, Stark gave him the suit, yes. But he, you know, it was still Spider-Man doing the things he did. He was still working on his own. And I, I think that it's going to be a, I don't expect, like, a huge role. Uh, but I do think there's going to be something rather interesting they're going to do with this as they insert the multiversal aspect. But I'm with Charles. I kind of hope this story wouldn't do it yet. Mm-hmm. I, I do believe that to some degree it is it is Marvel Studios a, a, pretty much a fail-safe. If Sony won't let them make any more movies, they can get away with the multiverse aspect. So they don't have to include characters they don't want to include. Yeah. And, you know, uh, incorporating a Spider-Verse storyline is, for me, it's too soon, you know? Yeah. Because it's, uh, he's still a teenager, he's still... Finding his way, sort of, yeah. But let's see, let's find out. You know, it's a, uh, it's a Christmas movie, December twenty twenty one. It's gonna be a lot of characters in there. You have, you're gonna have a lot of characters, and I'm, I'm really mm-hmm. excited, you know, for this Spider Man Far From Home sequel, prequel. I don't know. <laughs> Next up on the news is another MCU film. It's Thor: Love and Thunder. 
you know, the biggest MCU films is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and also Thor Love and Thunder. And they're the, they're the tail end of Marvel's Phase 4, so let's talk about that. Uh, Thor, Love, Th- Thor, Thor Love and Thunder star Natalie Portman recently sat down with Yahoo to discuss her new children's book and major moments of her career. During this chat, she was asked if she could give any she could away any plot twists or details on her next appearance in MCU. Portman responded with this intriguing tidbit of information, and I quote, I can't tell you that much. I'm really excited. I'm starting to train to get muscles. If there can be all these female superheroes, the more of them they are, the better it is. I'm trying to think. It's based on the graphic novel of the Mighty Thor. She's going through cancer treatment and is a superhero on the side. So, interesting tidbit there from Portman. She said that she mentioned the cancer storyline, but it doesn't mean that, that, that the film will adapt cancer storyline because she's obviously referencing the graphic novel. Uh, so trying to train to get muscles, and Joe, what do you think about this? Uh, with all the multiverse talk, you know, all the multiverse mm. talk, do you think that Thor and Love, Thor Love and Thunder, will be affected by this multiverse storyline? And Jane Foster, the Jane Foster that we'll be seeing in this film. So that's been a thing I've been fighting with with the whole time because the the juxtaposition of Jane Foster returning and becoming Thor is is a great concept and i was excited when they announced it and she was holding mjolnir and i was like oh this is really cool how does this connect to the story it's about you know how to what role does thor have in this and then slowly i i was thinking wait a minute where the hell is mjolnir we don't have mjolnir it's destroyed mm-hmm. so how does she have it and i i'm i'm leaning towards her being part of the multiverse and I think that the actions that WandaVision starts in WandaVision might affect the entire franchise at this point. I, I kind of think that's why Black Widow was supposed to be the first film to release, because it's disconnected from that multiversal aspect. Or is it? We don't know. But it's, you know, the, the big question is, if Mjolnir is rebuilt, then I would say it's not a multiverse aspect. But if not, the only way it could be would be multiverse. Um, it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun to figure out how this all connects because right now it is so confusing. Because uh, the thing is, is I do wonder if they're going to work with the cancer storyline. Mm-hmm. She's, you know, she, ta- she doesn't confirm it, but she does mention it. It is a integral part of, of Jane Foster's story as Thor. But like, will we see it? Will we get a feeling for it? I think, uh, I wonder how much of it will be a mystery. Like, the will the story focus on Thor not knowing that this new Thor is Jane Foster? Um, which could be a very interesting storyline of him. Fi- we know, but him finding out, uh, everything's on the table. And it's it's kind of the exciting thing about Phase 4 right now. Charles, how about you? What do you think about uh, the cancer storyline being integrated for this movie? And also, uh, do you think that multiverse will have an effect towards this movie? For the cancer stuff, like, I've been thinking about it also, like, I wonder if there's a way to sort of give 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 Jane Foster some adversity to face that's not cancer, because the cancer one is so specific. I wonder, I wonder if there's a way, like, to just make her Thor without having her suffer through all that. However, I mean, if they do give her, like, a sickness, it, it would, they could easily explain it, like, as the ether... Because the ether was inside of her for, for some time. Oh, that yeah. could be the reason why she, she gets sick. I saw someone mention that. That could be like a way to sort of streamline it and tie it up. Maybe it's not even cancer. Maybe it's just like a... Deli- it's a 
debilitating disease that the ether cost and i could see that happening as well but I, i've been thinking if there's any way to sort of make her thor without ha- without having her suffer because you know i i like i, I don't i don't want I, i don't like seeing characters suffer j- just to especially like female characters just so they could you know just so they could be a superhero they have to fucking go through all mm-hmm. this shit like i want to I, I want to see like a character that just can be a hero just because. Um, as for the multiversal stuff, I remember reading. I mean, who knows if it's true, but I, I remember reading a leak basically saying, at the end of Loki with all his time travel and you know multiversal stuff, Mjolnir is gonna find its way to the main um, MC with timeline, which would then again lead into uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. I wonder if that's real because that certainly makes a lot of sense. Um, mm. uh, but, but like I said, with the multiversal stuff, I hope they don't super lean into it because, you know, I can only take so much multiversal stuff in the MCU. Like if they do the entire phase yeah. four was just like some crazy multiverse story, then yeah, I, I might not be super stoked for that. So I'm hoping it stands on its own as its uh as its own story, like the Spider-Man one. I like your idea with with the hammer coming from a different dimension. Just imagine Thor standing there summoning Stormbreaker, and then you just see the zoom in, and he's like, "This feels familiar." And zooms out, and he has Mjolnir just randomly in his hand. Yeah, <laughs> probably with with Loki attached to it. <laughs> and now let's move on to the Disney Plus sides of things. We have a Shield exclusive from the direct. And the report mentioned that the direct has exclusively learned that She-Hulk set to feature a younger version of Bruce Banner. And how young? Well, Marvel Studios is currently casting an actor around the age of 10 years old for the role. So, that young. <laughs> okay, so we know She-Hulk will also help, in a way, flesh out the Bruce Banner character. Because, you know, the uh, rights issues with Universal, stuff like that. The, the whole Incredible Hulk character has been relegated to the supporting role for the Avengers films and Thor Ragnarok. And this is maybe his best chance in evolving... And developing the character even more, even though we've seen lots of it already during the Infinity Saga. Charles, what do you think about? Uh, I know that this this has the potential to be a flashback because it's a ten-year-old role. Uh, do you think that this will lean towards? Uh, um, it, this will lean towards exploring the father-son dynamic that Bruce Banner endured in during his childhood, because that's a big part of his origin from the comics. I hope I hope it does ex- explore that because his thing with his dad is so is, is so fucked up, and mm-hmm. I wonder how that sort of seeps into adult Bruce's like, psyche. Because I mean, for the most part, especially in Ragnarok, Bruce kind of he's kind of a wacky, fun, light character. He's you don't really get to explore like the, his darkness anymore. Um, I think the only film to actually really explore that were were Joss Whedon's movies. And the rest of his appearances were like, like for, for like comedic relief, like an Endgame, and then, and then uh, Ragnarok. So I am curious if if they're gonna revisit some of that darkness for the character. Uh, I like I think because it's a She-Hulk show, I think the flashback is just gonna be him and Jen hanging out, or it's gonna involve She-Hulk in some way, and I don't think it's gonna be just like a Bruce Banner. A Bruce Banner sort of centered flashback. He's gonna be part of it, but unfortunately, mm. it's gonna be it's gonna be about him and uh, Jennifer Walters. 
Now, Joe, you wrote an article about this, you know, in Murphy's Multiverse. Uh, what do you think about this uh, addition? You know, and you mentioned that uh, Hulk's greatest enemy, you know, his father. Can you dive into that? Mm. Um, I, I think the the potential is here. Um, I, I do believe that the story will remain on She-Hulk, but this is the first chance we have to pretty much look at Bruce Banner as a character beyond his Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde core problem he had until he just fused with Hulk. And the thing is, is that I believe that the potential here is to kind of, I don't want them to make this the Hulk show because it is about She-Hulk. She's the at the core of the story. But I do believe that uh, Jen, like the thing is in the comics, you don't really get an exploration of Jen and and Bruce's relationship outside of, oh, they're cousins. Like you don't see a lot of their childhood together. Maybe I missed out on those comics. Correct me if I'm wrong. But um, this is a kind of a potential to show like what motivated Jen to become a lawyer. Um, and I, w- I can imagine not only because in the comics her own mother dies, uh, but also the way, you know, Bruce was treated by her father by by his father could be an inspiration of her wanting to help people and they can use that aspect to kind of flesh out both characters in an interesting way uh, because you know the comments the, the comics kind of highlight the fact that the abuse of his father is the is pretty much why he has that rage monster inside him and this could open up the question of okay does that how does that connect with with um Jennifer, because we know that gamma radiation always has a different effect depending on the people. And they can kind of lean into that aspect by connecting their origins or their childhoods through this aspect. It, it's an exciting, uh, it's really exciting. And I think it's great that, you know, as the Hulk, we haven't really seen a film since 2008. Yeah. Um, that they're using this chance to kind of bring this all together. And, you know, guys, the MCU is known for exploring family heavy themes and particularly on that mm. father-son relationship, like Tony Stark, Howard Stark, Star-Lord and Ego, Thor and Odin, and She-Hulk, if this is true, um, it, by exploring Bruce past through Jennifer Walter's story, it gives that, uh, it, it can build on that overarching theme of that family relationship that's already been explored in the MCU. And now let's move Definitely. on to another one. <laughs> another, it's, a, it's an MCU rumor, it's like more movie-based. It's about Deadpool. And uh, Scooper Daniel RPK has just revealed that Marvel CCO Kevin Feige is interested in wanting to sign Deadpool star Ryan Reynolds to the biggest deal in MCU history. By biggest, it's presumed that Feige wants Reynolds to agree to be in more MCU projects than any other actor in the franchise has signed onto before. Big news, guys. Deadpool. Mm. Uh, Finally, in the MCU, we don't know when, but Joe, when do you think Deadpool will show up. And what do you think about this rumor that the biggest deal in MCU history and all, all of that? And how soon do you think we'll see Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool in the MCU? Um, <laughs> uh, I, I'd say the, the, the biggest... <laughs> I think the biggest question is with the... If, if it turns out to be true, how many deals does he have? Uh, I believe... I think the highest we knew of was Bucky... Uh, Bucky was Sebastian Stan with nine films... Yes. Um, if you don't count uh, the constant extension, so of of to- of uh, Iron Man, God damn it, actor names I need to think of Robert Downey Jr.'s yeah. contract. Um, <laughs> see, they've gotten so synonymous that sometimes it's hard to remember. <laughs> it's apparently, Sebastian Stan and Samuel L. Jackson both are nine picture deals. Yeah, and Samuel L. Jackson has nine. So the question is like, 
is, does this mean it's just 10 movies or is it 12 films? Ryan Reynolds loves the character, so I wouldn't be surprised that he's open to returning for multiple roles. The question is to me is like, uh, I, I'm a big Deadpool fan. Uh, I love, I like the sec- first one. I think the second one was a great addition. And I was always hoping to see what the MCU could do with the character. I do firmly believe that the character does not necessarily need our rate and our rating to be good because we've yes. seen a lot of fantastic comics without that rating, without a more adult rating. And it's just a question of like, where does he fit? Uh, I always, I always kind of assumed that Feige has certain characters. He doesn't really care about that. He doesn't have in his big picture. And I just, I didn't see Deadpool as one of them. I know the character is very popular. He's, he's grown insanely in popularity but it's really hard to imagine, okay, where does he fit in? So I think if he has a contract, it's going to be cameos. It's it's going to be maybe his own trilogy, a new trilogy. Maybe they'll sign off the third film and kind of connect that with the MCU. We have the whole multiverse. I know, Charles, you said you're tired of it, but I, it's kind of like the as he's a character that kind of transcends it, maybe he'll yeah. kind of become one to connect it all more. I would laugh my ass off if he just constantly pops up in every franchise, like even in the Sony films. Like, hey, what's up? It, there's a lot of potential with a character like Deadpool, but there's also a lot of pitfalls. Um, as a fan of the character, I would be happy if it's true. Uh, I just really hope that they still are planning on filming the next film for that franchise. I think the franchise has been showing a lot of upswing, uh, so it's kind of sad that with the Disney merger, it kind of vanished. There's no talks about it. Uh, so I just I just hope that we get something Deadpool related, even if it's MCU or not. We'll see. Uh, I I hope it's true, but I'm on the fence if it is or not. If it's true, uh, what project do you think he's most likely to show up? Maybe Phase Five or somewhere in Phase Four? Uh, yeah, I'd say end of Phase Five. Uh, phase Four seems unlikely. Yeah. Uh, if he shows up in Phase Four, I could see him show up in Spider Man because he has a big connection with that character but at the same time i don't want that film muddled as much as it already seems to be yeah it I, i'd say phase five is the, the earliest yeah phase five might be because there's a lot of movies right in phase four and, and there's no movies yet in phase five only, only two or three i think yeah charles yeah. what do you think about this rumor you know uh deadpool uh, do you like deadpool as a character and do you see him as the next nick fury type character for the MCU. Uh, I'm not a super fan of the character. Like, I'm more annoyed at the fandom he has. Like, okay. the Deadpool stance are so annoying. The, I think that's the thing that sort of gets me. But as a character, I think it's pretty cool. My favorite sort of Deadpool, I guess, run in the comics is when he, he was with X-For- X-Force, with Wolverine, Psylocke, Archangel, and he was actually a great part of that. He just wasn't cracking jokes, but he actually, you know, he brought some some great emotion to that to that team. So there, there's definitely a nice way to use Deadpool that isn't insufferable, like like the way his fans make him out to be. So I am excited in, of, of those possibilities. I'm super curious on how exactly Disney plans on topping Robert Downey Jr.'s, you know, 100 million payout for the Avengers movies. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I'm surprised that they're doing that for Deadpool when his movies are... His movies are you know, they make a lot of money, but I don't think it has the same sort of cachet that Robert Downey has uh, as a as a star. I mean, he's he's close to it, but I don't think like I, I'm just surprised that 
you know, if, if, if this rumor is too true, I'm surprised that, wow, you really are going to spend that much money for Deadpool, who's such a specific character that, you know, he's not going to work in every fucking MCU property. And he's not like Iron, mm. he's not like Iron Man that you can just put in, in, in this movie. It's, it's going to work perfectly. Like, there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff to work out just for, just to accommodate the character like Deadpool. So I'm surprised you know, at this possibility. Overall, I think it's going to be inevitable. He's going to, He's gonna pop in and show up. I think yeah, Joe's right. I think I think Deadpool sort of transcends that multiversal thing. Like you can literally just put him there, and he, he can make a joke, and you can rub it off as you can you can sort of wave it off as oh, oh he's just there just because because he's fucking Deadpool. He he works in that in that way. Um, so I think it's gonna happen, and I'm curious if it's gonna be sooner rather than later because you know. There hasn't been a Deadpool movie since what? Since uh, when was the last one? 2018? So, 18, yeah. If it's going to be a phase five thing, it'll be like a couple of years since he showed up. But yeah, I could see this being like a, like an end tag, like in, a, like in some phase four thing where we see him in one scene and people lose their shit over it. I, I would love it if it was a post credit stinger where he shows up like at, let's say Doctor Strange into the multiverse of madness. That's where he shows up. Post credit stinger. He realizes he's in a different universes and just curses out because he won't be able to meet Wolverine, uh, the version he loves as Hugh Jackman. <laughs> yeah. What I'm seeing about for, from this deal is that maybe he is the post-credit guy now, post-credit sequence guy. Like uh, he is there at the end of of, of each, not each, like one post-credit scene for every movie. Just you know, like, just make jokes and stuff like that. Just a follow-up question, yeah. Charles, before we finish yeah. up. Given the popularity of the Deadpool character, do you think that he will serve as the bridge to the mutants in the MCU? Or or if not, which character mm. do you think is the most probable? Like I think I think the the thing that could sort of bridge the uh, the idea of mutants is in the Eternals. Like that's the that's the I guess the most streamlined way you could you could sort of bring in um this 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 subset of the people that have you know a really specific mutation because of the celestial tampering with humanity that's sort of the i guess that's that as far as you know the near future that's the easiest way um i don't think that was going to be the poster boy for mutants in the MCU. i hope not because you know he's his own thing and i think like i think of all the things the mcu can get right with uh, with the mutant is you know not making a fox mm. like a fox like that will be the face of the Marvel Studios mutant property. I think they should like honestly I think they should make it fucking Cyclops, make him the poster That's boy fine. for for the mutants. Like stick to what the comics did so well and make it Cyclops, make him the the face of the mutant kind. Yo, how about you? Uh, I, I'm I'm with Charles on this. I, I don't think Deadpool, yes, he technically has a connection with the X-Men, but his whole character is not dependent on the X-Men. Uh, I think also the fact that, like, he himself isn't a mutant. He was just kind of given a gene. Um, it, it would just be a disservice to kind of introduce the X-Men that way. I, I agree. I think Cyclops would be the best kind of representation for the X-Men. Wolverine kind of dominated it with the Fox films. I do want to see Wolverine. I kind of would be happy if they introduced Wolverine as a separate element from the X-Men to kind of give him his own story before they kind of put him back into that place. 
yeah, it, you know, it's 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 funny because like the Eternals is well, I agree absolutely. Eternals is the best gateway to that storyline, especially with with we're going to explore the history of humanity. They can slowly build up to that moment. It's it's going to be interesting. I'm I'm very curious what direction they go. Uh, I do I do hope that we get the X-Men sooner rather than later because I'm very curious what interpretation we get from the MCU. Yeah. But at the same time, right now, with all this multiversal madness, uh, it's going to be chaotic. I, I think Phase 4, and this is my biggest worry right now with all these multiverse and these crossovers, that it that they still keep it grounded to some degree. Like with Spider-Man, that is just not... That the overarching story doesn't take away from the individual films in that sense. <laughs> All right, that's about wraps it up for a rundown of MCU news. Uh, go go over to our website for all the articles at www.mcuexchange.com. You can also like us, uh, follow us on Twitter at twitter.com/mcuexchange. You can also go over to our YouTube account that's youtube.com/mcuexchange for all the episodes, and also go to Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. You can find all the episodes there, and. Uh, please do follow me on Twitter. That's twitter.com slash Arochina. That's A-E-R-O-N-C-H-I-N-O. You can also follow Charles on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at CFS. You can also follow Joe on Twitter. I'm at ThatAbel, T-H-A-T-A-B-E-R-L. And that's about wraps it up for episode 36 of the MCU Change Podcast. Till next time, guys. Keep safe, everyone. Bye. Till next time. Bye.